0: This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the Internet and Radio Ministry of the Christian Crusaders. Would you consider yourself a generous person? We may enjoy giving to others out of our abundance, but what about when times are lean? In today's message, we're going to talk about taking a leap of faith for Christ, who is reliable in all things.
1: Today we continue our It's a Hard Knock Life sermon series with a message about God's reliability in everything. Stay with us. Let's pray. Almighty God and Father, as we open your holy word, come into our hearts and speak to each one of us about your love for us and your will for our lives. Amen. Our reading for today is taken from the Apostle Paul's second letter to the Corinthians chapter 9 beginning at verse 6. Paul writes, the point is this, the one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and the one who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each of you must give as you've made up your mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance, so that by always having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. As it's written, he scatters abroad, he gives to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. And he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way for your great generosity, which will produce thanksgiving to God through us. For the rendering of this ministry not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also overflows with many thanksgivings to God. Through the testing of this ministry, you glorify God by your obedience to the confession of the gospel of Christ and by the generosity of your sharing with them and with all others, While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God that He has given you, thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. How
2: firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in His excellent word. What more can He say than to you? Still give thee aid, I'll strengthen thee, help thee, and cause thee to stand upheld by my righteous omnipotent hand. When through fiery trials thy pathway shall lie, my grace also suffice shall be thy supply The flame shall not hurt thee I only desire Thy droves to consume and thy gold to refine The soul that on Jesus hath leaned for repose I will not, I will not desert to his foes. That soul
1: Dear friends, I'd like to share with you a story that I came across years ago about a little boy named Chad. Chad was a shy, quiet young fellow, and one day he came home and told his mom he'd like to make a valentine for everyone in his class. Her heart sank. She thought, I wish you wouldn't do that, because she'd watched the children when they walked home from school, and her little boy was always behind them, and they laughed and hung on to each other, but Chad was never included. Nevertheless, she decided she'd go along with this. So she bought the paper and glue and crayons and for three whole weeks, night after night, Chad made 35 valentines. Valentine's Day dawned and Chad was beside himself with excitement. He carefully stacked them up, put them in a bag and bolted out the door. His mom decided to bake him his favorite cookies and serve them up warm and nice with a cool glass of milk when he came home from school because she just knew that he'd be disappointed. Maybe that would ease the pain a little. It hurt her to think that he wouldn't get many valentines and maybe none at all. That afternoon, she had the cookies and milk on the table, and when she heard the children outside the house, she looked out the window, and sure enough, here they came, laughing and having the best time walking down the sidewalk, and as always, there was Chad way back in the rear. He walked a little faster than usual this day. She fully expected him to burst into tears as soon as he got inside. His arms were empty, she noticed, and when the door opened, she choked back the tears, Mommy has some warm cookies and milk for you. But he hardly heard her words. He just marched right on by, his face aglow, and all he could say was, Not a one. Not a one. And her heart sank. And then he added, I didn't forget a one. Not a single one. I like Chad. Don't you? And you know why? Because generous people are very attractive. Would you consider yourself a generous person? Is that what people will say about you when you pass away? There lies a generous person? The Apostle Paul today is making an appeal to some folks in Corinth, Greece, to be generous towards the famine-stricken people in Jerusalem. They had heard earlier on about the famine and the starvation and the church starting to fall apart in Jerusalem under hardship, and they had pledged to help the poor. But they never took the offering, and now they seem to be reluctant. We don't know why. It could be there was financial hardship in their own lives. Perhaps the economy was not going well or Maybe uh, they were caught up in the materialism of their day. Corinth was known for that, and there just wasn't anything left over to give. But now he appeals to them to be generous givers, but not just for this offering, but it's a lifestyle. The dictionary defines generosity as liberal, magnanimous, open-handed, The Greek word for generous used here in Scripture means open hearted. You've got a big heart. You're just pouring out into other people's lives. It's just the opposite of fear and stinginess. We know Jesus liked it as he watched that widow and put her two pennies in the offering and pointed to her and said, Now there's someone that's special. He liked her attitude. You see, for the widow, giving was more important than a crust of bread or a sip of milk. God loves generosity. The Apostle Paul offers us three pictures to consider when deciding whether we're going to be generous or not, whether we're going to live with open hands or clenched fists through life. The first picture he gives is a picture of God himself. He says, this God of ours is very generous to us. At the end of this chapter, he says, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. He's talking about Christ. Earlier on, he he says, you know the generous act of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, he became poor, so that by his poverty, you might become rich. God withheld nothing to save us from our sinfulness, to restore us into a relationship with himself. He's a generous God. And he said he, he is able. He can do anything. He's the creator. He holds his world in the palm of his hands. He causes it to spin on its axis and sustains it. And he's the provider as well. He provides I love what Martin Luther says in the meaning to the first article of the Small Catechism. I believe that God has created me and all that exists. He has provided me with food and clothing, home and family, daily work and all I need from day to day. Paul says basically the same things here. He gives the seed to the sower. He waters the fields. Finally, we have a picture of God as one who is faithful. He will provide abundantly. You will have everything that you will need to continue to to be generous, he promises, because God is faithful. So we have this generous, able, providing, faithful God held up for us as we consider, am I going to be a generous person of God as one who has tasted his grace in my life through Jesus Christ? And then the second picture he holds up is of the people of God, you and me. Scripture tells us, by the way, that if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a, a new creation. Now we belong to God. We're people of God. And the text that Paul pulls from the Old Testament is what he's doing here, gives us a vision of ourselves as God's people. Whenever Paul quotes an Old Testament passage, and he quotes three here, you need to look at the whole passage. You go back to the Old Testament and look at it. And you'll get the gist of why Paul is using it. And what he's doing here is he says, you're God's people. And here's what your goal in life is now. And how and generosity is a playing, playing a vital part in all that. He says, God's people are, first of all, cheerful givers, not grudging or grumpy or reluctant to give. He says, God loves the cheerful giver. Where did he get that? That's from the book of Proverbs, chapter 22, where the wise person of God, the righteous person of God, this is how he or she acts. And in the original uh, Greek uh, language that the the Corinthians would have studied this with, with Paul, it says not God loves the cheerful, God blesses the cheerful giver. We're called not to be stingy, but cheerful givers. That's part of our makeup as God's people. He says, not only that, you are righteous givers. He's quoting Psalm 112. He says, as it is written, he scatters abroad, he gives to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. That's not talking about God. That's it's a wisdom psalm that talks about the person of God who acts generously and gives Your giving is an act of righteousness, which means it's your behavior that reflects gratitude for God's faithfulness in your life, the righteousness he's given you through Christ. And and finally, he says we are faithful, obedient givers. The last thing he quotes is from Isaiah 55, as he says, he who supplies seed and uh, to the sower and bread and food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing uh, that's from Isaiah 55 chapter 10 where God is telling his people Israel I'm going to save you again bring you back out of exile and re- and again use you to be part of my mission and, and he's, Paul seems to be saying you're called people generosity is part of the calling. If you know the gospel of grace and you're one of God's sons and daughters through Christ, then God wants you to be radically generous, trusting in him all the way. And that's how you glorify him. Finally, the third picture is the picture of a vision of people who are getting the help in Christ's name. And what are they doing in this picture? He says, they're giving thanks to God because of your generosity. The question, you see, is not what do I get out of this, but what does God get out of it when I'm generous? He gets thanks and praise as people go, I can't believe that this has been provided for me. Thanks be to God. It becomes apparent that Paul says, as people of God, living under a generous God, with the possibility of bringing people to give thanks to God, glorify God, we are to be generous with what he's given us. Now, there are a lot of obstacles to generosity, I know. One is worry, for instance. We play the what-if game. What if the economy tanks? What if I get sick? What if I live too long and eat up my savings? What if I lose my job? It's not only worry, there's greed. We don't even realize it, but sometimes we get captive to greed in our lives. It sneaks up on us. We want it all. Jesus, on more than one occasion, cautioned his disciples to beware of greed, be on guard. We get overwhelmed by greed. So Another one is expectations, I suppose. We compare ourselves to others around us to define what's enough. and That defines our happiness and our self-esteem. Someone once said, uh, Americans of 40 years ago would be shocked to see what Christians today think of as necessities, but... We view things this way because we keep defining basics the way the consumer capitalist culture wants us to, which is always being defined as upward and fast. And, of course, there's materialism. This excessive concern for and love of wealth and possessions, this belief that I need this and I need that in order to be secure or to have a sense of significance before others or To feel all right about myself. And we trust in those things instead of God. Who says you're precious and important in my sight. Sometimes we don't want to admit our captivity to possessions. Or we just don't realize it. And then there's a narrow world view that many of us have. A lack of awareness of... The needs around us in this world. We're kind of sheltered when you think about it, living in our own little nice world here in America. But did you know the rest of the world considers us quite rich? We have most of the wealth. And there's a lot of needs out there, and there's a lot of starving people that are not making it. And we sometimes find ourselves not seeing it anymore. We think everybody's living kind of like we are. And finally, the hard knocks of life. Maybe you're facing financial difficulties, a catastrophe of some sort has hit that you hadn't planned for. And you're thinking to yourself, I can't afford to be a generous person. Paul would say, I know where you're coming from. Because you see, I went through financial hardships myself. As we read about Paul describing his ministry, we see again and again him talking about, I've learned how to live with plenty and to live with want. I know what it means to start be starving. I know what it means to be thirsting. I know what it means to live without a roof over my head and to live hand to mouth. But Paul would say to you, but I've always believed in the words of Jesus, it's more blessed to give than to receive, and I haven't been disappointed by that. God has seen to my needs, and he'll see to yours as well. This is Paul's testimony today. He's not just blowing smoke and waxing eloquently with some philosophy or some cliches about giving and so on. No, he's talking about what he's seen at work in his own life, that God is faithful and generous and will provide for your needs. He believed that, and he saw it fulfilled in his life, this very promise that's given. God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance so that by always having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. Can I ask you a question today? How much do you really trust God? You might say, well, I trust him with my salvation. I know that without Jesus Christ and what he's done for me, I'd be lost. So I trust God's provision for my salvation. Trust Jesus. Wonderful. Do you trust him with your hurts and sorrows? You say, absolutely. I'm a person of prayer. I come to him first. Final question. Do you trust him with your finances and your resources? Because It seems to be so much easier to trust him with our eternities than it is with our daily living. And this passage for today is an appeal to trust and share from what you have, no matter what your circumstances, and exercise generosity in your life. Our generous God is counting on us to be generous people in all circumstances. Let me give you one last story about what this looks like. Richard Stearns, who's now the president of World Vision, tells this story. In 1987, the largest single day stock market crash since 1929 took place. And in one day, my wife and I lost more than one third of our life savings and the money we had put aside for our kids' college education. I was horrified and became like a man obsessed analyzing our spreadsheets, all that we had lost, and the calling in orders to sell our stocks and funds to prevent further losses. I was consumed with anguish over our lost money, and it it showed. One night when I was burning the midnight oil, my wife came and sat down beside me, said, honey, this thing is consuming you in an unhealthy way. It's only money. We have our marriage, our health, our friends, our children, and an income. So, so much to be thankful for. You need to let go of this and trust God. "'Don't you hate it when someone crashes your pity party?' "'I didn't want to let go of it. "'I told her I felt responsible for the family. "'She just didn't understand. "'It was my job to worry about things like this. "'She suggested that we pray about it, "'something that hadn't occurred to me, so we did. "'And at the end of the prayer, she said to my bewilderment, "'Now I think we ought to get out the checkbook "'and write some big checks to our church "'and ministries we support. "'We need to show God that we know this is his money "'and not ours.' I was flabbergasted at the audacity of this suggestion, but in my heart I knew she was right. So that night we wrote sizable checks, put them in envelopes, addressed them to ministries and sealed them, and that's when I felt a wave of relief. We had broken the spell that money had cast over me. It freed me from the worries that had consumed me. I actually felt reckless and giddy. (laughs) I said, God, please catch us because we took a crazy leap of faith just now. And that's what Paul is appealing to us to do, to trust God in all things. He's reliable. Take a crazy leap of faith and be generous. Amen.
3: Great is thy faith. Thy faithfulness, morning by morning, new mercies I see, and all I have needed, Thy hands have provided. Great. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy
1: Now, as you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you his peace. Amen.
0: You have been worshiping with the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's message will help you trust God in all things. He is reliable. Take a crazy leap of faith and be generous. Audio and printed copies of today's message, as well as many recent messages, are available on our website. You may also request a copy of our quarterly newsletter, The Crusader. This publication contains special articles by our speakers, as well as other interesting information concerning Christian Crusaders. Visit us today at christiancrusaders.org. As a non-profit ministry, Christian Crusaders depends on the generous support of you, our listening audience. Your gifts enable us to purchase airtime on this station and other stations, as well as on the internet, so that many may have the opportunity to hear the life-giving gospel of Jesus Christ. Your tax-deductible donation can be given online at ChristianCrusaders.org or by mailing to Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa 50613. That's Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa 50613. Thank you. Our toll-free telephone number is 888-MY-FAITH. That's 888-693-2484. We are happy you were able to worship with us this day, and we pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Conducting our service was Steve Kramer, Senior Pastor of Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church in Afton, Minnesota, and Speaker for Christian Crusaders, now in its 81st year of regular Sunday worship broadcasting.